Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. be a part of the show text bobby v on the ups jobs text line at 437-968 v show continuing here on a tuesday on espn 681057 uh we've had to push him back throughout the show due to the uh, the connection issues we've had so not a ton of time but we appreciate him still carving out a couple minutes the man uh, who was on the call of the Cards and Georgia Tech this past weekend. We affectionately call him Uncle Paulie, ESPN's National Recruiting Director. Paul Biancardi joins us now. Uncle Paulie, did you enjoy your stay in the 502? Loved my time in the 502. Absolutely loved it. Had a chance to go to, uh, was it Brendan's Catch 23? Oh, yeah. Nice. That's, yeah, that's good a good stuff. spot. That's a good spot. Fantastic. Yeah, I just told them, put, it on, put it on Bobby V's tab, and they said, we got it. <laughs> yeah, funny how that works. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, well, we're g- glad you enjoyed your stay. And something that was, and first off, also, thank you for being uh, so flexible today uh, with all the connection snafus and us being behind and everything. Um, appreciate that. But uh, also appreciate your analysis because you gave us a text, uh, me and Pops, after the game, and you were effusive in praise for Kenny Payne and what the, what you saw. And I think it's interesting. We're kind of in a fishbowl here in the 502 and a lot of times there's a lot of negativity because of everything that's happened with UofL basketball um, on the court and off over the past couple of years. But what did you see that, that really uh, you know, um, impressed you uh, this past weekend? They're trying. They're trying to win games. They're, they're coming together as a group. You know, the buy-in, everyone talks about buy-in. Well, to buy into something, I, I believe you have to believe in what you're buying into, and that comes from trust. And today's player wants to have, you know, the game about him so they can move on to the next level in their career. And then you've got, you know, a team trying to accomplish something at the same time. I think when you look at Louisville, again, as you said, you're in the fishbowl. I came from the outside in. You know, I saw a team that was, what, had two wins in the ACC. But I saw a lot of talent because they have seven top 100 prospects. And what that means is, you know, we rank 100 kids out of all the seniors in the country. There's usually close to 100,000 seniors every year. So if you're in that group, you're uber-talented or have a chance to have a you know great upside in your career. So they have talent, putting the talent together. The way they play offensively is really good, and uh, they're, they're playing together. I think they're playing for one another. They're not looking for their own. So they do try to score one-on-one at times, but I think that's a good thing because it comes from a flow. They don't get down on themselves, or they didn't in that game as much as maybe they have in the past. 
Now, the defensive side of the ball is not there yet, and usually that takes a year or two. If this roster were to ever come back next year, I mean, then you have a team that's not only talented, but they've played together, uh, they have experience, they know the terminology. I mean, Kenny's trying to teach little things and reminders. He's trying to emphasize other things, trying to coach the game uh, schematically. Uh, th- there's a lot going on, and I understand that's the position he has and he wants, and that nobody feels sorry for any coach. But he's trying to do it all, and, and it's slowly starting to come together. I, I could see it in shoot-around. Um, you know, it- it's like a teacher with a classroom. By the end of the year, you know, the classroom gets smarter, they get better. How many wins does that translate into? I'm not sure, but I, I certainly see improvement. Paul Biancardi at Paul Biancardi on Twitter if you want to give him a follow, ESPN's National Recruiting Director. Uh, Paul, just point blank, I'm just going to ask. There's there's a lot of discussion about who the coach is going to be next year, whether it's Kenny Payne or someone else. Um, was there enough uh, that you saw on Saturday to maybe warrant a discussion for a third year? Do you see what Kenny Payne's trying to accomplish? I do, yes. I, I, I certainly do, because it wasn't a group of guys going in every different direction. Now, I know Georgia Tech had a couple of guys out. The kid Coleman was out, and Dewana was out. And Georgia Tech's not very good this year, but they've had some incredible wins. They beat Duke, they beat North Carolina, Clemson, and I think Mississippi State. Nobody wants to hear the word patience. Nobody wants to hear the word time. Uh, Being in college basketball 17 years on the sidelines, you can't make a team ready to break out unless they're ready to break out. You need continuity. They didn't. Obviously, Kenny came into a situation that had zero continuity. He tried to build something last year, trying to build something new this year. And sometimes when you try to build something new every year, you know, you don't get that consistency. Sometimes you get lightning in a bottle. But if this roster were to come back next year and add some pieces to it, I, I would see no reason why you wouldn't bring Kenny Payne back. At P- Paul Biancardi on Twitter, Nick Valvano, Phil Baker filling in for Bobby V. I, I guess my next question is, you're on... You are in the recruiting world in terms of knowing the top players. A concerned big pitcher outside of Carter Knox, which is a big piece, is that the staff may not have anybody else that they are going after. Has A, has that changed? And I know in a day and age with the transfer portal, you can build a, a, a team differently. But, but what do you say to some of those folks that are concerned about big pitcher recruiting with this staff and not having anyone on the radar other than Carter Knox? Well, look at who they have in the program right now. I mean, they got they got seven top recruits right now, so I would think that they could get some more. Now, maybe not in this senior class because of what they did last year or what the program went through last year wasn't attractive to a lot of kids. So you start to show improvement. I mean, the fan base is ridiculous. And, Nick, I texted you that. Yeah. The team was, the team was trying to make a comeback with five minutes to go. They were standing on their feet. So – you know, it's a place that's going to be attractive to somebody. There's going to be some coaching changes. There is every year. Kids may have decommitments. The portal is going to be open. So I think there's still a chance to bring in some talent. They have a point guard out of uh, New Jersey coming in next year, Robinson, who's a nice piece. But even even the freshman down the road at Lexington, 
we see how talented they are. Uh, they, they've gotten Kentucky into a, a national ranking. I know they've struggled <laughs> recently defending. Uh, but freshmen can only take you so far. You need experience. Uh, you need battle-tested guys. So I, I would expect Kenny and the staff to go into the portal, you know, to grab a couple of guys out of the portal and then see what else is available, you know, in the high school market based on, uh, you know, coaching changes. But, you know, guys, if you believe in him doing the job, you give him time. When I say you, I mean the athletic director. It, it ultimately falls on him, possibly the president, the board of trustees. If somebody's your guy, you give him the time. If you don't think he's the guy, then you move on. But there's a reason why you hired this person. So you have to give him the time. And certainly they have the resources, but you have to give him the time and the patience for it to come together. And obviously that lacks in college basketball. But ultimately, I believe if that's the guy that you believe that can turn this around, then you stick with them because if not you're starting over again paul biancardi at paul biancardi on twitter uh always appreciate the time before we let you get out of here one last uh question just uh how does cal fix uh the current woes with uh with uk are a lot of people are jumping off uh buildings here metaphorically of course um can you calm them down oh, gosh yeah look kenny's having trouble as well defensively i mean though they held georgia tech to 65 but before that, it was 94 up at Syracuse. Look, defense is a team thing. So talent is, is semi-important with defense, but athleticism, want to, size, strength, communication. And, and that's a big problem across the country. Coaches trying to get their teams to communicate with each other and, and to play defense at a different level. And you see the top 25, 30 teams in the country do it on a consistent basis. I think Cal's just got to simplify the defense, get back to the basics. When I say basics, I'm talking about stance, where we're going to push the ball, how we're going to help each other, how fast we have to rotate. You know, there's an urgency with defense. And, when you ha- again, when you have teams that are young at heart, and, and, and when you look at Kentucky, they're mostly young, uh, that defensive intensity kind of runs out and it wears out over the course of a long season. Uh, I, I just think Cal's going to simplify things defensively and, you know, the bench is a great place to start, too. If guys aren't playing hard, you coach from a defensive standpoint first. If you're not giving the effort defensively, you sit, and they put somebody else in. That sends a message. Paul Biancardi, Uncle Paulie, we always appreciate the time, man. All right, everybody just, you know, take a couple of Tylenol in the state of Kentucky. Everything's going to be all right. <laughs> there you go. Uncle Paulie, Paul Biancardi, ESPN National Recruiting Director, at Paul Biancardi on Twitter. We always appreciate having him join us. Um, we might as well take a bottom-of-the-hour break, and then Phil and I will sprint to the finish line. Uh, you got any thoughts? The text line is livid right well, now. Livid. Look, I mean, livid I, at I, Paul it, Biancardi it, having the audacity to be positive. Well, look, it, it, I, I got a couple things on the text line, too. That That's why I, I, I posed the question, and we'll dive into this in the past, I'm sorry, on the other side of the break, but we've posed the question of just the evidence that Kenny Payne will take to that weird conversation that they're probably going to have at the end of the the seasons, like, well, with injuries and things like that. I disagree with Paul Biancardi, and that's okay. Like, I, no, I think absolutely. Nothing the, wrong with that. The, the standard, as Ethan Moore has said over and over again, he should have it on. We're trying to f- uh, figure out some T-shirt ideas. Uh, Ethan's going to get one that says the standard is the standard and bronzing. But he's also, <laughs> but, <laughs> that's you know, pretty good. It, it, it's funny to me because... 
Paul Biancardi, again, he's an outsider, and he texted you and Bob from the standpoint of, like, this is a great job. The fans are crazy. And, and we're like, that's a terrible crowd. So, you know, right. for, for, for global standards. So what it's interesting to me is just that's his perception of somebody who's not here on the day-to-day. But just it, it feels like to me you're doing a lot of wishing and hoping that Kenny Payne is going to eventually figure this out or get and they are playing better against lesser competition but right. th- th- I guess and I think Ennis said this earlier it's more of a conversation of how do you make it more uncomfortable for that decision at the end like what's that win total that's right. a better yeah, discussion I, I like that. to have versus just like what does he got to do to come back and, and I think right now he is in the negative if you're looking at Josh Hurd deposits of what he needs to put in there in order to be deemed a success and right. going in there and using the, the Sky Clark it is, it is a valid reason that the, the team is depleted and there are injuries on this team yeah, I know right. people don't want to hear that and they lost against they lost the J.J. Trainer. But, they, lost they lost Dennis Evans they, they lost. lost with a full roster I understand right, that right, but if you're right. putting if you didn't let him go at the the winter break, you're basically saying this is the entire body of work that you want to see of Kenny Payne and what that is going to look like, the makeup of his team, to finish out the season. And now this is where it gets awkward and somewhat uncomfortable. And, and I know Double D and, and Blank, they have better sources than you and I uh, in terms right. of like, no, it's it, it's it doesn't yet. But I'm curious what that conversation looks like, big picture, of like to make it uncomfortable because I, I think he he should be let go because of the standard. But you're you're in this weird dynamic of all these things thrown into a crock pot, and you're playing better with momentum heading into the conference tournament. Like again, we're all doing this, these things off wishful thinking. But Josh heard uh, what Paul Biancardi said about if he's your guy, he's got to be your guy. Yeah, but man, but like, I mean, he has had two years. Yeah, I, I mean, and he's getting two full seasons. So, well, and I, then we're we're doing this with the precedent that like if he can get the entire roster to come back, right? But, it's college basketball. Like, but I will say that I, I think that's what kept him here. Um, I mean, without having, I mean, I've heard rumblings too. I mean, I've you know, we we all got our sources about hearing about the logistics of what almost happened, what you know did happen, and, and what 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 didn't happen, and what was discussed, and this and that, and everything like that. We we all heard those 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 rumblings and stories. But I do think that one of the things that came out that I think was universally um, held that that had some merit was the fact that it seemed like. The players were for him. Well, yeah, no, it wasn't and, a Bobby that, Petrino sit- toxic right. situation where it's like they didn't know where his office was and everything. And you can make the argument with the Cron Davis and how poorly that was handled. Uh, but right, look, I, right. I just think Paul Biancardi, he's a friend of the show. We like it, but a lot of this is based off wishing and hoping that he's going to figure out. So that's what's going to be out there. By the way, uh, some breaking news right now. ESPN and the college football playoff are in agreement on a six-year, $7.8 billion rights extension pending that the college football playoff resolving all its outstanding issues uh, the Athletic has learned. So it looks like they will be home. We thought maybe they'd shop around to different networks like the Super Bowl, but it looks like uh, college football playoff will be staying on ESPN for a $7.8 billion extension through 2032. Wow. Just a little bit of chump change right there. So that just Seriously, coming down right there four minutes ago. 
I know we need to get to a break, so Tater yeah, doesn't super one. kick us uh, through the glass, and we don't want that to happen. A lot of texts coming in. We can get them on the other side. Four three seven nine six eight UPS jobs text line. If you want to be part of the show, we will do a big league haircuts v steaks tomorrow. Want to remind everybody five o Tuesdays every Tuesday and Wednesday five dollars off a haircut ticket of two or more. Just swing by one of the uh, two area locations of big league haircuts. Uh, play hard and look good at big league haircuts. We very much appreciate those guys. And tomorrow. We will have a V-Snakes for your chance to win a free haircut or two, uh, courtesy of our friends at Big League Haircuts. So definitely check out Daryl and the gang over there. Very much appreciate them. Four three seven nine six eight UPS Jobs text line. Uh, we'll work in some of your texts on the other side. It is the V-Show. It's a fabulous one. Phil Baker, Nick Valvano, Tanner Bertomesso on the ones and twos. We are filling in for Bobby V. You had some connections issues today in Boston, um, but you will hear him tonight um, with Paul Rogers. I believe 7.30 Alex R. White Network pregame coverage will begin on 93.9 The Ville ahead of the cards tipping off against uh, Boston College in the fabulous city of uh, Boston. So, yeah, uh, take a bottom of the hour break. V-Show, ESPN 680, 105.7. More V-Show with Bob Valvano is now right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. I mean, 10 hours. 10 hours. I mean, come on. Four three seven nine six eight UPS jobs tax line if you want to be part of the show. Uh, fabulous one, Phil Baker. Very much appreciate you. Um, no, no on problem. On a moment's notice, hopping uh, in here with me, man. I w- want to well, publicly say that. So one of the things, no, you're my guy, and you know I appreciate you uh, on this. Uh, so we're going to do some producing on the air with all this. <laughs> uh, so we didn't think about this. Uh, but we had connection issues with Pops. Right. Uh, Strebel and Anna are supposed to be out at the Blind Squirrel. Oh, crap. Yeah. So, James, uh, this is why MVP. He just uh, said MVP, something like, James Black. He said, hey, can you and uh, Chase fill in until we get back if that is, in fact, the case? And I said, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll help you out, James, uh, on that. But I think they're going to troubleshoot to see if they can get some of the things figured out uh, right. on that in the next 30 minutes or so. So that'll be on the blind squirrel uh, front there. So I appreciate uh, everyone out there. Uh, I can stick around till 320. Yeah, no, I, 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 I got to go meet with my shrink as I violate HIPAA. Um, but yeah. Hey, you're so. with Dr. Phil right now. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you are not the father. Oh, wrong show. <laughs> uh, but no, look, I, I mean, that was good stuff. I'm getting stuff on the personal bad phone, too. About is, is it Sofro? It's got to be no, Sofro. No, it's not Sofro. I, lo- I love Sofro. No, but he's I, actually been kind of quiet right now he's, so he he's must be the bloodhound of kp positivity he will sniff it out but no like this is why it, it, and we talked about this with strebel a little bit yesterday it, it's like i understand like you asked about the fishbowl that's how somebody from the outside views it like right. for paul being cardi i understand i'm with you everybody i don't think he is doing a, a a good enough job for the resources that he has here and making historical like he, he's having bad, bad losses. But the only person that has talked to Josh Hurd twice, and he's been on this show, is Eric Crawford. Right. And, and like, what did Eric Crawford say when he was on with us last week? He said he wanted the board wanted some uh, stability and right. things like that. I, I don't know if that just means for the season. I don't know if that's the fiscal standpoint of stability from because I don't know what that seesaw is going to look like. I do not envy Josh Hurd's decision-making process going into this where it's that weird dynamic. Others that are closer said, no, it's done, regardless. And I'm like, okay. I, I, I've, I've seen the song and dance with Scott Satterfield. Yeah, before. I was about to say. And, and so I, I hope 
we're wrong. I uh, hope that like I mean I don't know I don't want to speak for you just for the greater good because it, it, to me it comes down to do you think Kenny Payne can get you to Final Four as a national championship? Right. And right now the data indicates no. That can change uh, as he brings in more talent, but um, and maybe he strings together some wins and but they improve I think, on defense. I, I mean, th- but yeah, I mean I think your dad said that he needs a, like a defensive coordinator. Oh yeah, like no, legit. I, 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 I definitely. I mean, I, you could say that UK needs that as well right now. But yeah, no, Louisville. Def- if you saw the uh, the the schematic of where they are they they rank in like defensive efficiency it's like 170th or something like that uh jack roseman tweeted that out earlier today sofro did just text uh, oh yes he was texted me the other day so sofro said i'm no longer concerned with kp don't need to get my energy up it's over I mean, I the thing is, like, I, I think you're right. Uh, people were starving so much to have something positive to say about Kenny Payne that when you put to, you string together a couple of good performances. Is this journalism, Justin, right now with his cryptic tweet that he's putting out there? By the way, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. He never he never elaborated on that. Uh, that he's that. mad at. Yeah, I think he's upset at you for uh, not responding to other aspects, but then wanting to be like a, a newsy Nick and try to get. Well, some- he said something about boobs in the message and he hasn't delivered on that either so i i don't know like i i love my boy sofero but he's using flamboyant language and he's not following up on anything so therefore he's kind of being a tease right now i gotta be honest do you want to be a tease sofero i don't think you do i think you should elaborate on what you were talking about with me and phil wait where did you say uh louisville ranked <laughs> i thought tanner was coming to be like where are the boobs at no, <laughs> like- well also that but uh where did you say they ranked in the uh, defensive? Well, defensive this was team? go to Jack Grossman. He had a chart. Oh, um, and I think I it was like 168th or something. I was going to say I looked up on TeamRankings.com. They're at 301 in defensive efficiency. Oh, maybe for that was full, for the full season per Bark Tour. Vic, they're at 158 for the full season. Started okay. with the Miami right, game since, and it seemed to be a turning point for the Cardinals' offense. So saw this and started wondering how much better Louisville's offense has been since last month versus the overall season per Bark Tour. Vic, uh, similar to Ken Palm, but can filter through date ranges since the Miami game. So, yeah, so you're both right. UofL ranks 118 in their offensive efficiency, and that's 158th full season. So that wasn't – it was about the offense, not the defense. Oh, okay. I apologize. All right. I, 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 miss, I misheard that. Or I misread that. I apologize. But appreciate you, uh, Jack Russman. Appreciate the clarification on well, that and as real well. Quick, Ty Spalding said it's like, yes, and it was quote tweeted. He said, bad on offense, worse on defense. So because yeah, the, yeah. The, the chart that was out there uh, is not good. So it uh, says – We the, were – we've been so starving for positive content. I get the idea. I feel like you can have some no nuance. As Pops always says, you know, have a little sorbet, cleanse the palate. You can be happy that they're playing better. But like you said, if the standard is Final Fours, do you think that he has the ability to get there? I would say that I think they're going to go on a slight run here, and it's going to make everybody's decision a little bit more. There's going to be a little bit more wringing of hands and gnashing of teeth by the end of the year. Um, I don't think that they're going to do anything outrageous like win the ACC tournament or something along those lines. But I do think that there's going to be enough of improvement towards the end of the year that people will have to pause. Uh, Calm down, everybody. I'm just saying that people will have to pause and have a conversation about him coming back next year. And I know that terrifies a lot of people. But I do think that still, bearing some crazy turnaround, and I do think that maybe if he makes a massive splash on the recruiting trail, maybe if they do go on a Cinderella run and win the ACC tournament, I do think maybe there's a chance he comes back. You're wishing and hoping versus it being based off. And I'm not saying that as a slight to you, but I, I think that's... 
that's where it is for those that are still in support of this because right. the optics are what what Paul Biancardi said. I, I don't even want to have this in the vocabulary anymore about the right. dark cloud and everything that's transpired in the past. But no, we're we're over. Yeah, that. you're over that. But it, it, because it's the it's the Kentucky effect, right? Because everybody with I did the show yesterday with Striebel and it was just like you know DJ Wagner wasn't at full percent. Uh, Trey Mitchell was out. That was the reason they lost to Gonzaga. At what point? You know, Kansas, great, probably not the best example now because they just got blasted by 30 last night. But in the past, like they, they or I'm sorry, it was Baylor. I think Kyle Tucker put out um, some of, no, Kansas beat Baylor and they weren't at full strength either. Probably not the best example considering they just got blasted by 30 last night. But these are the things that, that's the randomness of March. That's college basketball. Injuries happen. Foul trouble happens. Like, at what point is it a yeah, but? And I think that's kind of the micro when you're talking about Kentucky basketball and the macro with Louisville. It's like, it can't always be something. I think Kenny Payne's answer when he was talking about the negativity and everything was one of his best answers he's ever given. Like, talking about the the fans yeah, right. uh, and the student, And it wasn't anything about that. It, you win. Yeah, exactly. That was the... Because for how many times has he been crushed for saying it's not about wins and losses, brother? That's all it's about, my man. Like <laughs> that's all it's going to come down to. Like I mean, it's, I feel like when you build up enough of a cachet with wins and losses, then you can talk effort and maybe get into the little bit more micros of the game. Like, it was why well, we saw more of an improvement the, from our shooting or our shot selection. Okay, great, but but you do that when you have a winning record. I never. Right for, now, it's very much pass fail. It's a I, binary one zero. I'll, I'll never forget. I, I was helping out with Ennis when he was first getting started at the old offices, and people wanted. Rick Patino fired and this was during the bridge year like kind of like when that whole thing was going on yeah. and, they, and then before they made the run to the final four I think there was like a massive blowout at Providence and it's just like man that was like a decade plus ago and you're just like scratching your head like my how did god we get here? Well, a how did we get here but b it, it's just when Ethan says the standards the standard I think a caller said this one time and it was an aha moment where it was just like could you imagine you look at the top 10 college football programs let's say Louisville um you know it, Seven, eight, nine, depending on there, depending on ten, top ten. We'll just say for the, be for the sake of the argument. Could you imagine just like if there was a similar situation in college football, a LSU, a, a Notre Dame, um, Michigan, Texas, Nebraska? Well, you can make the argument that they tried it with Nebraska for a little bit. Would try Georgia of the world if they were getting these type of results? What would they do? Right, and it was kind of like. That's a good point. Like, I haven't viewed it from that because I'm just viewing it from, like, this has been a complicated situation. No, I mean, basketball and football aren't exactly apples to apples. But but, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get but, what you're saying. So, for f- folks talking about the negativity and, and the, the toxic nature of, of what, like, Kenny Page, that, that all goes away if you start winning and playing better. The conversation that we've had, and I had with Strebel yesterday, is the evidence that he is going to present to make his case for a third year, in my opinion, is injury bugs. Right, he inherited a mess. I don't agree with that, but he is going to position. Is that you've you've heard him in press conference say as much? So these are the things that, as you put all those things together, how Paul Biancardi at Outsiders view it. Now you got the Gary Parishes of the world and Matt Norlanders, and the Jeff Goodmans that are very the, saying, critical. Yeah, saying that it's done. But there's another side of coaches that have got to come from the the Church of Coaches that indicate that you know maybe it's not it jarring a miracle. But he gets twelve wins, and he and he and he lands Carter Knox. And, just, and everybody wants to come back. It, like, but uh, like I'm going with a realistic what his ceiling is. Everybody right now. I mean, I'm saying like like all of his players, well, besides Karan Davis, want to come back. Um, I, I, like I'm saying, like I I think that's a realistic ceiling. 
And I'm not saying it's going to happen. Calm down, Kenny Payne haters. I'm just saying a realistic ceiling. They win four of their their last seven. Maybe get one in the ACC tournament. So they finish the season with 13 wins. He gets makes a splash on the recruiting trail, whether it be Carter Knox or somebody else. And he has the confidence of of his players coming back for a third year. Is that enough to warrant a third year? I but, mean, look, I, like in a sense, it's, like, it's, it's dangerous. Well, because no, it's an uncomfortable conversation. That's what it is to me. But yeah, it's, it's not because it's gotten to the point where they've improved just enough that it's not as easy as I feel like you even, can position it as momentum going into next season. Right. And and, and that, I understand why that scares a lot of the Kenny Payne detractors. I mean, I feel like even the most pro Kenny Payne crowd, you're looking at one of them, was checked out on him two weeks ago. And now I'm not saying that I'm buying into a third year. I'm just saying that if they finish the season with some momentum, and, and I'm saying this and, like both of these things need to happen, they bring a Carter Knox in, I could listen to a third year. I'm not saying I would go for it, if, uh, but I could listen to it, especially when I hear about what the other realistic candidates are. See, but I don't like to be, but but I don't like to be handcuffed by you know the other candidates that could possibly come in because if anything, you should be striving for better. And look, you're seeing this. This is the game. I mean, like I've retweeted something. I said it to the uh, Twitter inbox. If you want to have it ready to go, uh, Tanner on the 680 Twitter account. It was uh, for Matt Norlander saying if John Calipari on the hot seat if they lose at Ole Miss, and I'm like, we're doing this again. Like we're gonna have this talk, but it's different because regardless of the national championship a decade plus ago and haven't been to the Final Four in countless years, you're. He has. It was like Rick Pitino with the bridge here. You've built up enough goodwill with the Final Four and the, the the success that you could have some down years. But big picture, like it goes back to: Do you think he is the guy that can get you? No, I, I know. And that's and that's and what Josh Hart, and the saying, only person is gonna. It's it would be all, uncomfortable. You're right. All I'm saying is that th- there's going to be a discussion. I feel like I, th- that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm for it. If you, like I said, if you can, if you can convince me that you have Chris Beard in your hand, and you're finishing the season like I just said with 13 wins, I could, I would probably lean on Team Beard, or or coach of that that stature. You know, a Kelvin no. Sampson, a Scott Drew, something along those lines. I'm not saying it has to be Chris Beard, um, but I'm saying if it was something like that, somebody of that ilk. And you had had confidence that he was going to come here, and you can afford him, and everything. I could, I would definitely, I would lean on, I would lean more towards that side as opposed to Team Kenny Payne Year Three. If Ole Miss wins tonight, though, you know all oh, the God. Cards fans are going. to... Oh, Chris Beard's going to be. Their oh my guy. God! Although Get isn't the jo- banner going? <laughs> uh, yeah, like I think I think he would he would top the uh, the the want list for sure. Uh, so did you see, have you heard the CBS sound? Speaking of Old Miss, uh, that's a good segue for you, Tanner. Good job. The, the, the force is strong with you with that one. But CBS's Matt Norlander uh, says, John Calipari's seat will be super hot if Kentucky loses to Old Miss at home tonight. Full postgame coverage. Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame coverage coming up with uh, Gandalf on, I think, Intis chiming in from home. And Zachy C, I believe, is going to be uh, on uh, the, the board for that. But here's what Matt Norlander had to say about how hot the seat will be in Rupp arena if Cal loses. So how much do they desperately need this win at home against Old Miss, Matt? It is a four-alarm fire in Lexington at the moment because this team, in my estimation, has more talent and depth 
the combination of those, you know, all-around talent and roster depth, the ninth team in the country, but it's not a Final Four contender. It doesn't have a top 120 defense in the country, and three straight home losses it has never happened at Rupp Arena, which has been uh, which has been in existence for for five decades now. And now you've got a, a Mississippi team coming in that is not a metrics darling. First-year coach Chris Beard. Uh, it will be. Oh. It will be a just a cataclysmic event if Kentucky does not win this game at home because you look at the schedule here. Then you got to go at Auburn, the jungle, on Saturday. Problematic, to say the least. At LSU, should win. It's a road game. With this Kentucky team, we'll see. And then you host Alabama, a team that's got the best offense in the country. This is as this is a very narrow uh, definition here, but I do mean it. This is as must-win of a game as you could possibly get in the middle of February for a power conference team that is all but assured to make the NCAA tournament. But Calipari and his seat will be super hot if they blow this game against Ole Miss. Ooh, okay. How many times have we done this? I mean, yeah. look, I understand. It, I like Matt like, Norlander. Oh, I like, do too, but, but I, I, I don't Like, know. he's got a lifetime contract. I mean, it's... <sighs> We do this. Look, it does feel like, and I talked about it a little bit with Strebel, it feels a little bit different. But I said that last year, too, when people had bags over the head and wanted them to go to Texas. Like, this is the game. Like, that's that's the hot seat for Kentucky basketball. Like, I mean, that's the game. Yes, there's a lot of talent on there, but uh, that's something that I know people keep pointing to with uh, just their frustrations with John Calipari. But, yes, you could have that re-racked and just do some AI with everything in there that just has Matt Norlander and sub out the teams on that. So that's uh, that's the good stuff right there from Matt Norlander, giving, making it a little spicy. I mean, I, like... Uh, I'm with you. How many times are we going to have that conversation? And I'll say this, though. What do you think, what ramifications are there if they do lose that game? Because now you've had five losses at home, back-to-back years. I don't think you should fire him by any stretch. But, I mean, at that point, how much – I'm asking this as in, at that point, how much more pressure um, do you have to add on a postseason uh, success with this team? I mean, you have – seven draft picks well i mean it's i mean uh, i get it but like oh you've heard eric crawford say on and i understand kentucky's the gold standard and, and you shouldn't waver any of that and there has been i think field of 68 put out some crazy stat it was like how many of the final possessions they've had and how many shots they've completed have you did you see that i didn't see this so no, i think it was this? like since like 2020 that they've had like 27 possessions like of the final shots and then i think maybe made one wow yeah really? it, it was it was a crazy i'll have to dig wow. through there uh, on that but I, I think big picture the john calipari experience like we always talk about it's not it's a political figure it's a coach it's an ambassador like you're more than just a basketball coach with that so if you think that person exists out there then so be it but there's this war that's transpiring and we had it here with Dan Issel uh, just whatever he said the Cal said the best night in college basketball sorry for the University of Kentucky was NBA draft night versus champion you can say that but when you're not going to getting to the championship game and or not even into the second weekend final four that's problematic when you're the highest paid coach in college basketball so big picture, it's great in theory to say these things, but nothing's going to happen. I mean, no, you have I, a lifetime contract. Cal leaves when Cal wants to leave, well, or if it gets so toxic, he can just walk away from it. I mean, I, I know the standard, like you said, is still the standard, but uh, boy, we are really going for that Louisville, Kentucky uh, meme right God. there. Ethan's going to hate that you said that right there. The, but I'm saying though, even with him missing, he's still. Uh, do you, do you fire a coach that still has a top twenty five team? 
perennially and is still perennially bringing in top talent. That's that's where, where I'm saying, like, at what point, where is the Mendoza line of it's just not acceptable anymore? No. It, like, because it is bad. I'm saying it, it's something that that needs to be discussed. But then Kansas got blasted by 30 last night, too. So, it happens. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's one of those things. Like, it happens. And it this isn't mean, okay for Kentucky basketball. I don't want to say that, but... But at this the same time, is it is it is it bad enough to warrant firing a Hall of Famer? Well, not even just that. I mean, he's he's like he has a lifetime contract, so it's like I mean, Barnhart's not Cal's going to leave when Cal wants to leave. So it's great right. in theory to say that. I, I just unless it gets so toxic that people are just kind of to the point where they're just so checked out, then I mean that's. I mean, we, there hasn't been any reflection of that in ticket no. sales or anything like that. People are just pissed off. But no. you know it's bad when Justin Saffaro is making videos about telling UK fans to calm down. Say his name again. Saffaro. Saf- I don't know. Saffaro? Saffaro. Saffaro, my bad. No, Saffaro. I think that Furrow. was clean. Yeah. I think that was Sofuro. clean. Saffaro. I said it wrong, too. There's your new... You messed me up. Saffaro. So it's fur. Fur. Saffaro. Saffaro. There's your uh, Sorry about there's that, your Justin. new intro for the mixtape, uh, Justin. There you go, right there. So he's he's being newsman. We talk about uh, he's uh, being a, he's being a damn tease, is what he's doing. He, no. he's, he's saying he, he hasn't has, said he's a saying, damn no, thing. No, he sets up. He says he has sources. Okay, cool. And I'm not saying you obviously don't have to reveal your sources, but I need more details. That's what he does right there, baby. Luke, Luke I'm no good. Looking like Paul Rudd walking by with the stash. Oh, he looks great. Paul Rudd looks was. fantastic. I, I'm very nervous because there's a ton of bodies floating around. And I, Tanner, are, are we? Let's let's gear people up. Are, do we have them connected? Are we okay? <laughs> he looked are like a going, deer in a headlight. Yeah, seriously, that that gave me zero confidence. I think I think Phil's going to have to open up the round table. Okay, today. fantastic. That's my, that's my right. best. Commitment. Well, I'll I'll stick yes. around for yeah the first 20 minutes, and then your boys got to bounce. So all right, so that. So should we? Okay, so we got a couple of minutes on that. We'll we'll be good on that. But uh, okay, so we'll, we'll fill a little space. That's what we do. By the way, the Dunkin' Donuts commercial was fantastic. We need to get your dad in one of those. Uh, I, I I agree with that. I, I could see him singing. How did you guys feel about the Kanye one? I thought it was funny. Where he was like, oh yeah, we spent all this money on getting a commercial. We didn't have enough budget to actually make the commercial. So it's just like a iPhone video where he's like, yeah, so uh, go to Yeezy.com. I got shoes and uh that. That's it. And I, I didn't see. That. I didn't see that. that was I didn't so see funny. that either. Go look it up. Kanye West Super Bowl commercial. Really it made me laugh very hard. As you're wearing, why Yeezys. is there a sofa? Oh, Sephora. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, four three seven nine six eight UPS jobs text line. UK is weird because every season that goes by, not winning the championship actually raises the standard for the next season. It's a good text. Four three seven nine six eighty. Uh, that's not enough to make me buy tickets. Um, I'm assuming he's talking about my twelve, my thirteen win scenario. Oh, look, I, I'm with you. That, and I, that's I agree. That's I, I, the... I agree with that. I'm, but I said that that plus recruiting, plus players coming back, plus maybe a lack of interest from major coaches slash logistics warrants a, con- a conversation. All that to say that you might not be out of the woods with Kenny Payne yet. That's all I'm saying, but I'm not saying that I've seen enough for him to come back. Anyway. Happy 47th birthday to Randy Moss. Which one? The black one. We'll talk to you soon. Hi, this is Paul Rod.